Happy Sunday, Hillside. Thank you so much for joining me online for church today. Uh, though we don't get to see you in person, I hope we find you well. I'm praying for you and asking God to meet you in the space that you are in as you listen to today's message. Hey, as always, up above, you'll see several links to keep you connected and how you can participate with us. Uh, we always have a couple links. Um, hillsidechurch.us forward slash connect gets you to our digital connection card. And then hillsidechurch.us forward slash give gets you to our online giving platform. And as always, big thanks for your generosity. Uh, that helps sustain what God is doing here locally and also globally through our missions and benevolence. Well, the couple other links that you'll see up there are First and foremost, our small groups. This is our first of two small group Sundays. Big shout out to our group leaders. And the second link is a group I want to take a moment and highlight. Our youth group. I want to encourage you parents, grandparents, if you've got a teen in your life, be sure to get them here on a Wednesday night from 6.30 to 8 p.m. to hear from Corey Ladley, and Grace Phillips doing an incredible job leading our teens. Also, special shout out to them because their wedding countdown is on. We're excited for them, praying for them, and just so excited with what God is doing in our student ministry and our youth group. And like I said, parents, be sure to check out the link above and get your kids, get your teens here on a Wednesday night. All right, we're gonna continue in our Genesis series, we're going to be bypassing a few chapters. Like I've said from the get-go in our Genesis series, um, Genesis has 50 chapters. So uh, if you know math like I do, that's virtually a chapter uh, Sunday for a whole year. But what we are doing, what I am doing, is taking six weeks and looking at specific themes, um, some significant people, and seeing how this book formed and shaped the origins of the Hebrew people. If you want to know on its simplest level why you and I should pay attention to Genesis and to lean in and study really all of the Old Testament, it's because our Savior, King Jesus, all right, it was His Bible. It was His scriptures that He studied and that He taught from. We call it the Old Testament, or I like to call it the First Testament. It's an incredible, rich heritage in history, predominantly um, showcasing the story of God and how that relationship with the Hebrew or Jewish people plays out. Well, today in particular, I'm going to be looking at the life of Abraham, and he is known as the father of the faith, or the father of faith. This um, invisible substance of trust with Almighty God. It's a remarkable, remarkable factor and really a gift of grace in our lives. This gift of faith. And Abraham is the father of faith. Maybe you grew up uh, in church and maybe you grew up singing Father Abraham. I'm not going to do that for you now. But if you're wondering, why did we sing that one? 
I can't answer that, but I can answer Father Abraham is just that, the father of our faith. He's the father of the faith for um, Jewish, for the Hebrew people, and he's the father of our faith for Christians who've been written into the story of God because of Jesus and his love, his life, his death, his resurrection and ascension. He's given us the opportunity through the blood that he shed to be forgiven, but not only to be forgiven, to be drafted in, or scripture even uses the word grafted in to the living tree, which is uh, God and his story. So maybe a little too much detail for you there, but hey, it's online church. I know you can handle it. Here's the deal. I'm going to talk about Abraham and faith. And, um, you know, we've share a lot. Even my message a lot is going to talk about Abraham. But how many of you know, uh, almost every time standing next to a man of faith is a mighty woman of faith. I know that's true in my life. My wife, Kelly, incredible. Wouldn't be here without her support, her encouragement, and quite frankly, her leadership. Same is true for Abraham. His wife is Sarah. Abraham and Sarah, tremendous, tremendous story. And I want to encourage you to take some time and read about that. Today, I want to look at the life of Abraham and specifically, I frame this as four faith handles. All right, four faith handles. Handles. You know, as you journey through life, maybe uh, you're a passenger in a car and every so often you've got to grab one of those handles just to steady yourself and steady yourself on the journey that you're in. If you've ever been on a plane flight that's experienced turbulence, um, you, you, you take them for granted the whole flight, but then all of a sudden you're very, very grateful for your seatbelt. Perhaps for the first time, you're grateful for the person next to you, and you're certainly grateful for your armrest that you are holding too tightly to get through that turbulence. Well, these four handles strengthen us and help us, and they're always good to keep near in your perspective and journey with God. I'm going to share them quickly and then unpack them ever so briefly. So the first is listening, the faith handle called listening, the faith handle called trusting. So listening, trusting, partnering, and obeying. Listening, trusting, partnering, and obeying. And yes, we see them play out in the life of Abraham. Abraham's he gets a lot of coverage in the book of Genesis. He gets uh, really 13 and a half chapters. Genesis 12 all the way through Genesis 25 and a half, so to speak. Really a lot of coverage. I think next to him is maybe Joseph, but I don't even think he gets as much coverage as the father of our faith, Abraham. So this first faith handle, uh, and I think you'll resonate with it, is listening. Listening. God called Abraham and Sarah to a remarkable story, to a tremendous journey, and it was by faith. It was by their faith in God. And what triggered that faith was a heart that listened, a listening heart or listening ears. You know, it's possible to be in church and not really be listening. It's possible to watch something online and 
You got so many different things going on that you're not really listening or paying attention. What's critical for our faith journey and what we can see clearly many times in the life of Abraham is a willingness and a posture to listen well. A listening faith handle. Genesis 12 verses 1 through 3. It says, Now the Lord had said to Abram. Just think about that. The Lord had said. So God was speaking. I would almost promise you it wasn't audibly at this stage. It was in the still place of his heart. Coming to him through the Spirit. Whispering, nudging, directing his steps. Abraham would have had to slow down, position himself. He wasn't busy on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, cooking dinner, cleaning his bedroom, vacuuming, and waxing his car, and watching football all at the same time, while transferring money between bank accounts, while investing. No, he, he was slowed down, calm, and I think it's in those moments that God came to him. And here's what he said. Get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I talked in the first part of this series on Genesis, how Genesis 1-1 in many ways was the most important verse in the Bible, certainly in the Old Testament. In the beginning God created. That is true to some extent, right? Because God created. He started things. He formed things. Well, pivotal for our faith and for the faith of our Hebrew brothers and sisters, Genesis 12 one through three would be the same. It is now God having moved from all of humanity, though He's still caring and loving them, He has now designated a specific group, calling them up and into life with Him. This is unparalleled. You'll have to go all the way back to Genesis 1 with Adam and Eve to get such intimate language again. Here God is coming alongside Abraham whispering a promise that would not only bless him, but bless all the families of the earth. I like to say, though, God is speaking, though maybe not as significant, verses as Abraham shares in Genesis 12, 1-3, but He's speaking as significant for you, verses. There's a promise over the current season you're in. There's a spoken direction over the season of life that you're in. My question for you is, are you positioned to hear it? A listening and attentive heart is crucial for your future. And many times the way God spoke in one season is different in the next season. Sometimes there are seasons that He is wanting to draw us away from isolation and into community. So He will use spiritual authority, a pastor, a leader, a small group leader, someone that models the faith for you. He will use them to speak a word of clarity and direction over your life. Other times, He'll use a child. He'll use a dream. He'll use a prophetic word. 
He'll use a television show. I can't tell you exactly all the ways, but I know that God is speaking. And my, my hope for you is <clears throat> if you're discouraged, if you're disappointed, if you're walking in a season of confusion, push pause on life. Lean in. And I don't care how much it costs you and your flesh, find a way to listen to God. My prayer for you as a pastor, as the Pat Lee pastor here at Hillside is that everyone under the sound of my voice and who would call me their pastor, everyone would be able to discern the voice of God. That they would know distinctly what He is speaking and has called them to. Out the gate, I say that God, that God speaks in primarily four ways. Something Abraham did not have, but that you and I have, is the Holy Bible, the Scriptures. It was one of the most important ways God speaks in His Scripture and through His Scripture. You can position yourself to listen daily. Maybe like me and some others, you're doing the one-year Bible. If you are not doing a plan of some sort, I encourage you to find a plan of some sort. Even if it is to take the next 21 days of, to pray and to fast, read a chapter out of the Gospel of John. The 21 of them, you can follow one every day. You're positioning yourself to listen. Holy Scripture. But for me, another crucial way I listen is the voice of the Holy Spirit. God's very own Spirit breathing light breathing discernment, breathing clarity. Paul, the Apostle, of course in the New Testament, not in Genesis here, but in the New Testament, that same Spirit that we find in Genesis that hovered over the waters, it never left the earth. It's still hovering throughout all of creation and through creation. But the Holy Spirit is speaking with impressions on the inside. Sometimes a dream, a vision, a warning or a prompting or an encouragement. Other times through the voice of others. I also like to learn, this has taken me several years to see. I didn't want to really listen when I was a teenager and young adult, but God uses seasons. I never really wanted to listen to the season I was in. I wanted to pray myself into the next season. But I've started slowing down enough to recognize God uses seasons to speak to us. And then, of course, spiritual authority. I know it's maybe not the, the sexiest or the happiest word in church these days, but I'm a little old school. I was taught to have a pastor, and I was always taught to have someone ahead of me, someone beside me, and somebody I was pouring into. From really my, my first steps, my baby faith steps, I learned to have a covering, have an overseer, have a pastor. Not somebody that I had from a distance, but somebody who knew me closely. I still have a pastor. I still speak with my pastor often. And when decisions come up, he's one of the first ones I look to. It's called spiritual authority. It's important that we, no matter what, begin to position ourselves to listen to God. Spend a few minutes here unpacking listening. In some ways, listening is what gets the faith journey going. You know, it says that faith comes through hearing and hearing through the Word of God. Um, <clears throat> the person word in Christ, but also through His Word and hearing the Word of God preached. It's, it's pivotal, pivotal in the times we live that we listen. There may be a chance you have too many voices in your life. That's another thing 
so helpful to pull back, to slow down, get quiet just before the Lord. Be still and know that He is God. Amen. Like Psalm 46 shares with us. I want to encourage you. Take time this week. Maybe take some time today. Maybe put that at the top of your to-do list. Listen to God. Pastor said it. This year, listen to God. But it's what we do after the listening that can be equally as important. And Abraham was called to trust. Trusting is the second faith handle. Genesis 12, verse 4, just after these three verses. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abraham listened, and we don't really get to fill in the blanks between verse 3 and verse 4, but somewhere in the blanks, Abraham had to recognize whether he trusted the voice of God, was willing to submit and surrender to what God said. In Genesis, we see that Abraham trusted God's process and he trusted God's outcome. You're familiar, I'm sure, with some of Abraham's story and the very fulfillment of promise for him and Sarah was his son, Isaac. And God would ask Abraham to surrender Isaac. It's a remarkable story. I can't even on this side of heaven explain all the reasoning, all the purpose behind the story. But one thing I do see is despite God's challenge to Abram, it was a sifting of his heart that spoke so much to God himself. When Abraham was willing to trust God, God, I trust you in the process. It sounds crazy. It sounds a little radical, but God, I, I choose to trust. There's a good chance the faith handle you're holding most tightly to in this season is trusting. And I want to let you know, that's a good place to be. I'm trusting. You're trusting. Everybody coming to church this morning in person is trusting God in some arena, some area of their life. They're trusting that what was spoken will come to pass. I want to encourage you to wait well. Trust God. Don't try to shortcut His process. Trust His process. Trust His timing and trust His outcome. God is faithful. God is good and God is true over this leg of the journey that you're in. So much the temptation is, did God really say, can I really trust Him? Should I really trust Him? I mean, how trustworthy is God? All those things begin to circulate. If you've had that thought, you're not alone. We've all had thoughts like that. And then on top of that, the enemies brought thoughts to try to discourage us and disappoint us. But continue to lead in. Continue to trust God's Word, God's promise, and God's timing. He is faithful to complete every good work He's begun. Jeremiah 29, 11, it gives us an indication, an understanding of God's heart and God's nature, and that His plans are full of hope, full of good welfare for you and over you. But the enemy wants us to distrust God. I think sometimes our human nature is Hey, God, I'm going to trust your process while it makes sense. But the moment it gets a little shaky, I'm out. How many of you know, uh, you've tapped out. 
a little early at times. I know I certainly have. I know there's been arenas of life. There's sometimes spiritual disciplines God's calling me into. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I, hey, God, I did it for 24 hours. And I thought you were going to change everything. And you changed nothing. Can I tell you, that's, that's a little microwave Christianity. We're not about that. We're about a long obedience, trusting God, and reaping a harvest in His timing. I think about um, Abraham's life, you know, and he would make several pivots away from God's will. You know, I mentioned the son Isaac. Well, he has another son, Ishmael. And his son Ishmael is an example of when Sarah and him were not trusting the process. I mean, I get it. Like, I can't point at Abram and Sarah and say, man, what were you guys thinking? Because I have the same thoughts sometimes. I'm like, God, you're taking way too long. And there's a chance you've forgotten about me. And I'm looking at people to my left and to my right. Seems like you're remembering them pretty well. Um, and I don't really like the, the, the waiting. I'm going to make something happen. I'm going to move ahead. And you know what? We can always ask forgiveness later. Come on, you ever been there? And then you realize, ooh, hmm, maybe I should have trusted. <laughs> maybe I should have slowed down and obeyed and listened and just surrendered and submitted wholly to what God was doing. I know people that have done that in all sorts of areas of their life. I mean, spiritual disciplines like tithing or giving. Oh my goodness, it makes no sense. 10% of uh, our income? God, <clears throat> do you, are, what, are you aware? Why would you ask me to do that in my finances? I've known people to do that um, that are longing for a, a, a spouse. And they're like, man, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. And God, you know, God's, God's saying, not yet. I want, you, I, want, I want to get you ready. You think you're ready, but I want to get you really ready. And they're like, no, 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 no. And they rush ahead. And some, break, some broken hearts, some broken relationships, some hurt along the way. But then they learn. And I think that's part of the process as well, is that we will make mistakes and God's mercy catches us in the midst. Know that God's true. God's word is true, excuse me, and God is true over what you're facing. But trusting God is so, so important. Dictionary.com, it says, trusting is a reliance on the integrity, the strength, the ability, and surety of a person or thing. It's confidence in that being or person. For us, with Abraham, we see his trust in God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge Him. He shall direct your paths. A beautiful picture. Third is partnering. Abram did not live life as an island. He had his family. Um, scripture says he has his servants. Um, and they had a network community going out. Now this is before the synagogue, this is before uh, church or Greek word ecclesia, community, fellowship. This is before all of that. But in Abram's life we see he partnered with others. One pivotal uh, leg in Abram's journey happens in Genesis 14. Um, some of his allies, one is taken hostage and in a, a, a marked turn Abram 
goes and rescues. But Abram doesn't go by himself. He calls, Scripture says, Genesis 14, 14, he armed his 318 trained servants who were born in his own house and went in pursuit. Partnering. Can I tell you something about Abram's life in this? When he had to go to battle, he didn't fight alone. There's a good chance you've just come out or heading into a battle and you're so grateful that you have others to call on. I know I just, before coming in to record, got a text message from a small group member requesting prayer. I'll leave the details off the table. But I think to myself, what a gift that this group member has somebody to text, somebody to call on. That's God's design with the local church. Hillside, part of our vision is better together. It's sure a catchy statement, but as Christians, we know that it's true. That God has gifted us community, friendships. Um, not always easy, is it? But it's always right. Times I'm wrong, I have to humble myself, apologize, practice emotional maturity. There are times I've got to uh, need uh, help myself when I'm in a battle or I'm facing a difficult circumstance. I've got to send a text earlier this week, just fielded a call with one of our local elders here just to be praying, just to give me insight, give me some encouragement. I mean, we live in a culture that promotes, hey, be strong in yourself. Don't be vulnerable. Vulnerability is weak. Can I tell you? Vulnerability is strength. It's not weak. Nothing could be further from the truth. That's your shame voice, right? Your shame voice says, hide it, don't be vulnerable. No, can I tell you? Around the right people in a healthy, life-giving local church, life-giving small group, it gives you the strength you need, the encouragement you need, the hope you need, the very prayers you need when maybe you can't pray. Abram could go to war, not by himself, but there were 319 of them because of relationships that he had built. Can I tell you, in this season, I want to encourage you, lean in. I know you're taking in church online. Click that link above. At least look at what small groups we got going. At least email a couple of the leaders to see if it could even be a fit. That one step may change your life forever. That's not me overselling. That's me encouraging you. Don't do life alone. Partner. Abram partnered with others. So we've got listening, trusting, partnering. This final one is obeying <laughs> for all that I've shared obedience is still on the table Hebrews 11:8 it says by faith Abraham when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going Hebrews 11:8 it's remarkable faith Trust, listening, partnering, and obeying leads us into the abundant life that God has called for you and I to live. You can accomplish much of what I shared today as you dive into God's Scripture. And as you approach the Scripture, just invite the Holy Spirit. Lord, speak to me. Lord, show me. Lord, reveal to me. And then... Get in a small group, connect with someone, 